Hi, I'm Talissa. And I'm Rachel, and this is Transatlantic Crime, a true crime podcast that covers stories from each side of the pond. Every week, we will both cover a separate story with a running theme. Disclaimer, this podcast will contain swearing and details that some people may find offensive. If you are of a sensitive disposition, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Transatlantic Crime. I'm recording. I'm recording. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to be on a podcast soon, right? I am. Although I did have to move it because like I've got that thing, like I said, where you drink one night and then you have beer fear for like three days. So yeah, I was like, so we're meant to be recording now. And then I was meant to be recording the other podcast later. And then I was like, I can't do two podcasts in one night. Like I just don't have the bus fare. So I am going to be a guest <laughs> on a podcast, but not now. <laughs> I will tell you when. Not as soon as we thought. Not as soon yeah. as we thought, but I will. I've, I've been making like really good friends on Twitter, like with podcast people. Amazing. It's a community there. I love that. It's really nice. It is. Yeah. Yeah. When usually like Twitter is like a hive of scum and villainy. But the podcast community is really nice. So what's the podcast called so that people can look out for it? It's called T Two Squid and he has people talking mm. on there all the time. And I said, like, what do do I need to prepare anything? And he was like, No. So God knows what's gonna come out of this gob. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I'm so excited to listen to that. Oh, I'm going to get myself in trouble again. So, <laughs> what else was I going to say? Oh, like this week, I have finally admitted to myself, you know, Carly said your smoothie maker is shit and it's just going to end up in the ocean. <laughs> and I was like, fuck yeah. you. Like last night I went to her, I've got, I've got something to confess to you. She was like, oh God, what? And I was like, that smoothie maker is so shit. I was like, and I would rather poke my eyes out than tell you that, but it's fucking gash. And she was like, wetting herself so smug. It's so crap. It like cuts up nothing. Did it hurt? Did it hurt your Virgo self to tell someone that you were wrong? I, especially her. I hate when she's right. Yeah, I think um, it's the worst. You and. <laughs> You, Virgos and Tauruses, which you're a Virgo and I'm a Taurus, yeah. we find it really hard to say that we're wrong about something. Yeah, because I always think I'm right. And I usually yeah. am. Because, yeah, we usually are right. <laughs> That's it. That's the fact. Uh, so I was wrong. I should have bought the more expensive one. But, but then that <laughs> might have been shit. And then I would have dropped more money. So in a way, I am right. Let's just say, let's just salvage that yeah. from this. Oh, I, I wanted to talk to you about a podcast as well um, called Betrayal. Have mm, you seen it? Yes. I've seen it because you've been posting about it, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's just, it's just fucking crazy, basically. Like, this woman yeah. gets with her high school sweetheart and he is, like, the most perfect man in the world. And then she finds out something one day and she just comes home and he's... Have I said that? Did I say this last week? I don't think so, no. Okay. I think you just mentioned that it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, and she just comes home and she's like, what's wrong with you? And he just tells her something and it's fucking mad. And then it all just like unravels from there. Ooh. And he's... It's just like, I know that... I know people who have had like, in air quotes, the perfect husband... And then mm -hmm. they find out they've done something fucked up. Like, I actually know people like that. So listening yeah. to it, like, from the wife's point of view is really, really interesting. It's it's almost like, um, yeah. you know, the, you know, like those shock documentaries, like, there's something wrong with Aunt Diane or uh, a yes. letter to my son, dear Zachary or whatever. It's almost yeah. like that. Like, the answer is so shocking that it's just like, holy shit. So... Highly recommend that. Ooh, I can't wait. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to get into that. Yeah, that's very good. Um, yeah. I am excited because I've started a new thing with a friend where we, it's called TCTB Night. Okay. Where we have Taco Bell. 
and true crime. Oh. We have a Taco Bell and true crime night. I'm so jealous. And we just watch. <laughs> Next time you come out, we'll do it, Talissa. We'll I promise. Because uh, my friend Sarah and uh, my other friend Kim now is part of it so Dude, you're gonna have a house full of women in about three weeks <laughs> the word is gonna spread and you're gonna have to start charging entry fee <laughs> maybe i'll do that i do need more money for my trip coming yeah. up so yeah maybe but um yeah i just wanted to tell our listeners like i want to know if if our listeners have any kind of like fun nights like that where they watch true crime with their friends oh, God, or I like I, did. I know talissa like you do because you just you watch it every day and I have to like schedule time to do it so that, that's part of the reason why but like yeah. you you have this you do kind of have like a ritual of, of listening to a podcast every night yeah. before bed right mm-hmm. or like and Carly's into it so it's not too bad although sometimes, yeah, sometimes she exactly. does put the car bush on it and is like that's enough now yeah. <laughs> whereas I would go forever that's enough murder yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, can we watch something that's not this? <laughs> yeah, but so we're doing that tonight and we're going to watch I Just Killed My Dad, which <gasps> is a new documentary on Netflix. What? So if anyone wants to watch it this weekend. We don't have that here. And join in. I'm sure you'll probably get it. Yeah, do. It sounds good. It's about, it's based around a 911 call, which wow. I don't know if I told you this last week or the week before but i had this really horrible dream no. that <laughs> that i called ni- that there was an emergency in my dream and i was calling 911 and 911 kept hanging up on me no. and i couldn't get through but that's such a dream thing to happen it is and there was a point in my dream where i finally got through and i just like unloaded all of my emotions and i was like here's where i am and this is what happened and then i just let it all out and then it, they hung up on me oh. so <laughs> after that dream i've just been listening to like real life 911 calls where they save people cuz it makes me feel better oh, about good. <laughs> about my dream oh good so it'll be interesting to uh watch this documentary tonight because that's based around a 911 call as well yes definitely I was going to ask you a question as well because today I was listening to uh it's not like amazing but I think it's called like couples that kill or killer couples like it's just a kind of in the background podcast mm. but um yeah I think it's iHeartRadio and they were talking about um a case that happened and a guy he was calling 911 but he kept hanging up and you know how, like, mm. Michael Peterson did that? Yeah. And, like, loads of people that, like, want to be seen to be calling 911, but also don't yeah. want to perform the CPR or give away too much. Yeah, They hang up. Right. Right? And I wanted yeah. to say, like, on Twitter, maybe do, like, a survey or something or, like, ask general opinion. Like, when people hang up on 911 calls, do I kind of see that as a massive red flag? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that they can be frustrating. Like, they are frustrating. But if you know anything about 911, like, you know to stay on the phone until the emergency services get there, right? But also, if you're really in an emergency where you need help, like, 911 is your lifeline. Like, you're hanging on to that person and that phone call. Mm -hmm. Why would you ever hang up? Unless you feel some kind of guilt or, like, you you don't want them to help you yeah that's how i feel about it yeah or like you like they go oh i need help and then they hang up and then the night basically 911 like have to get their address from the phone number or the location and they know that that takes longer than them just saying what's your address or whatever yeah uh so it gives them time for like the person to die or for them not to do cpr or whatever not to hear any noise in the background um so yeah, I, it just made me think of like the whole Michael Peterson staircase call where he hangs up a couple of times, mm, and yeah. that is what guilty people do. Have you do. ever had to call nine nine nine? Uh, yes, and it was because there was a lady at the end of my mum's street that was like screaming at the neighbours. Like I think she was oh. on drugs, and me and my mum were like curtain twitching, like. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. But the, the neighbours were like arguing with her, but they weren't calling the police. And I was like, this is going to descend yeah. into fucking madness yeah. soon. So yeah. like I, I called the police and was like, there's like a massive argument at the end of my street. Like the woman's obviously not okay. Um, yeah. Like, can you come? So that, that was the only thing I've ever really called them for. What about you? Hmm. I think I have a memory of calling nothing's that's ever happened to me, but like similar where something's going on like down the street or whatever. Mm. I've had to call, I think, yeah, just a similar, but nothing too memorable. Yeah. I used I've lived in bad neighborhoods. So like you'll see something or you'll hear something and then you'll call the police and then it's just like, okay, thank you. Bye. Yeah. You know, like. They don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> not that they don't care, but like, especially in LA, I think they're so busy. Yeah. They're like, oh, someone's yelling at someone else. So, okay. That'll probably, like, uh, thanks. Yeah. See you yeah, later. When the, gun, when the guns come out, <laughs> give us a ring. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, when you see blood, tell us. Yeah. But for now, they'll, they can handle it. Yeah. I also almost saw a fight in Sainsbury's, like, the other night like i was just like buying like something and i looked across and like there was the hugest guy in the world and a tiny tiny man and i don't know what started it but like one of them pushed the other one and then like a woman came along and was like guys guys it's not worth it there's a time and a place and i was like good thing you came in because he would have batted the shit out of that guy (laughs) he would have killed you all you had to do was (laughs) Put one hand down. <laughs> like, honestly, I was like, kudos for the bollocks, mate. But you would have died. <laughs> it was just so, <laughs> so like, yeah, it was, it would have been the most pointless fight ever. So that, yeah. that happened in Maine, Bristol, which is not a shock. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think, do we have anything else? I don't think I've got any other shit. Oh, so you or... never, you never told me what you thought about the documentary that I worked on, Victoria's Secret. <gasps> Oh my god, I thought it was incredible. Genuinely. Yeah? Yep. Saw loads of pictures of Jeffrey Epstein's cell that I've never seen before. Really? Never seen those pictures. Also, never realised how intertwined he was with that guy. Yeah. Like, rumours... Isn't it crazy? Yeah, like, rumours of a gay affair, possibly. I know Mm -hmm. you can't confirm nor deny, (laughs) legally. (laughs) I can, though, all over the shop. Um, Yeah. Some people were like might know this, but like Jeffrey Epstein kind of got his wealth in a really sneaky, random, getting it off other people way. Like, well, like yeah. wealthy people just gave him money, and it really makes you wonder why. And it really, um, it really kind of cements that like blackmail element that he had to mm. his crimes. Mm-hmm. Like, there's rumors of yeah. blackmail, but there's no proof. But then he's just got shitloads of stuff for nothing it's true no work it does kind of tell you like how manipulative he was mm-hmm. like you don't really think about his personality when you think about his whole situation but like how did he get into people's worlds and that's how because he was just this like charmer like a snake charmer yeah maybe literally oh yeah trouser snakes (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah and then i also forgot that uh bill gates and melinda gates got divorced very fucking Mm. shortly after Mm -hmm. that all came out Mm -hmm. and in my head i kind of didn't connect it i was like oh you know they've been married for a long time i guess these things fall apart but then it was like oh no that was weird timing like i didn't put that together yeah so that's fucking weird what about that that clip? I told you about it before you watched it where where they're asking Bill Gates about how they feel that now that Jeffrey Epstein's dead and he's like, "Well, he's dead now, so the the truth won't come out or the truth isn't safe or something like that." I mean, Bill Gates is a weird guy, but that's a strange answer. It's such a weird reaction to how do you feel about your friend being dead because well he's dead now yeah they're like shit i can't express any remorse Mm. or emotion because he's obviously Mm -hmm. awful yeah like how do you not look sad but also still look genuine it's so (laughs) difficult 
to navigate. Like, I totally get it. By just stating that he's dead. Well, he's dead. How do you feel about him being dead? Well, he is dead. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's true. I can confirm that he is dead. That's very true. Yeah. And and that documentary kind of comforts me that, like, more and more and more is going to come out over the years. Yeah, It's fairly fresh in terms of, like, true crime Mm. and in terms of the world. And there's obviously a lot of distractions going on at the moment. Like, yeah huge wars oil prices stuff like that but in the background i think things are slowly going to slip out mm-hmm. while his associates when his associates also die yeah there's good things going to come out that they can no longer hide like yeah. imagine bill gates yeah. dies his wife is free to say whatever she wants Mm-hmm. you know what i think what? i think that about tom cruise and and uh Kate Holmes. Oh my god, I can't wait till Trump dies either. And then Melania. <laughs> Fuck, that's going to be good. That's going to be good. And he hasn't got long. And well, he might have another yeah. 20 years in him, to be fair, but hopefully not. I think that they, they pump him full of so many drugs that, like, I feel like there were so many times in office where he just had tons of makeup on because he probably <laughs> looked dead. Yeah, they always forgot to do under the eyes, though, didn't they? <laughs> yeah <laughs> always missed out that yeah. bit weird or maybe they tried really hard and they were like there's nothing we can do here <laughs> a bit of light concealer under the eyes makes you look a bit more awake <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I guess when he's gone I think Hillary will never um, betray Bill like they're a team she's got her own secrets yeah those Clintons, they, they won't betray each other. No, ever. they're like blood. They've got like a blood pact going on. Yeah. But <laughs> they've got a deal with the devil. So there's nothing good coming out there. But Melania, no. as soon as Trump dies, she's going to be like, right, I'm writing a book. Yeah. She's going to get a billion yeah. pound book deal and we're going to find out everything. All the way to the top. All the way to the top. But um, Bill Gates' wife doesn't need money. So that's a bit annoying. Mm. She'll have to come out mm-hmm. just out of the goodness of her heart. So yeah. we'll have to find out. Who else is there? Who else got involved? Who isn't involved? I feel I like know, right? by working on that documentary, it's like, who's not involved? Who wasn't who's on the not fucking connected? Lolita Express? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Andrew! Prince Andrew! Although, oh yeah, Fergie and him are pretty tight as well. They cover mm-hmm. each other's secrets up. Yeah, and she does need money though. The royals have so many secrets, so yeah, that's just uh, just tack it on to whatever else they've done in the past one hundred thousand years. It does come out though when they die. It does come out. Yeah, it'll just take like a hundred years because everything yeah. is kept in archives, like the letters that they write to each other, what they do every single day. Yep, their schedules. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we've, we, you know, we found out stuff about like the Tudors and, you know, George V and Prince Albert and stuff that, that nobody knew yeah. at the time. So like there was a bit of a scandal with the Romanoffs. Mm-hmm. George Third, I think it, no, was it George, no, sorry, George V, uh, as in the Queen's dad, I believe. Yeah. He was cousins with, um, I think it's Alex. Prince Ale- Prince Alexander okay. or King King Alex or Tsar, the Tsar, and yeah. um, the, the the last one, the right? last Romanov. Uh, they're they're yeah. cousins through Queen Victoria, and he said, "Can I come to England?" And because of their because of the war, um, it would have looked really bad if we had Russians mm-hmm. or yeah. Germans over here. So he was like, "No, sorry," and then he got killed. Yeah, and apparently, like he they all died. He, yeah, he felt awful about that. But it was like yeah, I bet it was like duty over um, your own personal right. desires. So yeah. nobody really knew about that until after he died. So there are there yeah. are like things to come out. What a life to have every day of your life like written down. I know, right? And then <laughs> how would you feel if? when you die like i actually i don't think i have any secrets so like oh, i don't really this podcast <laughs> what proves is that. the worst that 
Yeah. <laughs> I'll just spill it all on here, but... We have every week of our lives kind of documented in a way. Yeah, I listened back to an true. episode the other week and I, it was like, oh, this guy came over and like... <laughs> I, I was like, oh my god, that loser. Like, I remembered the guy and I was like, ugh. I forgot about yeah. him. And I can't believe I talked about him on here. Even worse. <laughs> I mean, it's a funny story, but... I should go back. I can't remember. And you mentioned, like, past houses that you lived in and, like, stuff you did. Mm-hmm. Like, it is super yeah. interesting. For us. Yeah. <laughs> for us. For, us. for no one else. No one else. <laughs> All right, yeah. with that, I think we should probably get into the story for this week. Okay. Uh, so I don't really know what to... Because, like, I don't know if there is, like, an American version of this, but it's kind of about, like, the aristocracy. Mm. So I guess it's, like, okay. rich people getting murdered. Yeah. So however you want to... However you want to word that, <laughs> when we'll figure it out, but, yeah. Okay. So... Um, Speaking of Epstein... Mm-hmm, right. Maybe like upper class murders or I don't know. This is the story of the murder of Sir Richard Sutton. Okay. So this came around because my friend Kathy always sends me articles ripped out of magazines in the post. <laughs> this was one of them. And it was so good. I was like, I've never heard of this case. And I love that. It's so fucking great. Like, I'm really grateful. Yeah. So obviously I read the article and yeah. uh, I obviously looked up something from the Daily Mail because they've got all the goss that they never even fucking fact check. So they that's do. good. Yeah. Um, and then I just <laughs> had to look at The Guardian for another thing. So those are my sources. Okay, so mm-hmm. our story starts with a lady called Anne Thea Ramlau Hansen. And she's a, du- she's a Dutch au pair. And she met her husband, David Schreiber, who was a farmer in the 80s. They got married... And they lived in London. And they had their daughter, Louisa, in 1982. And they had another daughter, Rose. Uh, It doesn't say what year she was born. And then they had uh, a son called Tom in 1986. Anne eventually became a physiotherapist. And David ended up owning an art gallery. So their marriage was a really happy one. But David mixed in aristocratic circles because of his art dealing and there was a mm. lot of drinking because basically nobody has to be at a job and everyone's got loads of money <laughs> and you kind of also when you go to a gallery yeah you have a what do you do there's always someone with you a just glass walk around tray drink wine of champagne yeah. or whatever but eventually uh david's businesses he also had like a candle business like he was a bit of an entrepreneur but um both of his businesses failed and he fell into alcoholism Mm. So in 2013, they got divorced due to David's alcoholism. Um, and after that, his health declined and he went from a, in his son Tom's words, a functioning alcoholic to a non-functioning alcoholic. So mm. he ended up in a nursing home and then he started to starve himself and eventually he died of liver-related complications oh. in 2013. Oh, jeez. So this hit Tom really hard. He got on really well with his dad. And due to mixing in these circles, Anne then met an 83-year-old man. She was 66 at the time. And he was called Sir Richard Lexington Sutton. And he was the ninth Mm. baronet of Norwood Park in Nottingham. And So fancy. Oh my God, it's the fanciest. So he was listed as the 404... 435th richest person in the Sunday Times rich list in 2020. I love if he went around in the circles and was like, I don't know if you know this, but I'm 435th on the list of richest people. I know. What a number. That was at his height as well, because like this is 2020 was his good year. He he earned another like okay. 80 million that year. <laughs> So that was in 2020 that he was named uh, the 435th richest person. He was one of Britain's wealthiest landowners, basically. So his lineage can be traced back to William the Conqueror. And like his Mm. great, 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 whatever grandfather is called Richard Sutton. So the first eldest son 
is traditionally called Richard. Yeah. And he owned farming estates in Berkshire, which is just near my home county of Hampshire, and Lincolnshire, which is a bit more up north. And he also owned some land in mm-hmm. Illinois in oh. the Corn Belt, it's called. Okay, yeah. Farmland. Yeah, they probably like um, invested in that when everybody was moving to America. And yeah. he's estimated to be worth £301 million. Must be nice. Yeah, right. And he owns 7,000 acres of land across the UK. He also okay. had uh, a lot of hotels and properties in London. And he had recently sold a hotel for £95 million to keep himself going through the pandemic. <laughs> so, he rich. I need, I need 90 million I need to, free up to some cash. get through the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So he lived in Moorhill House, Dorset. That was where that was where he sort of like stayed permanently, even though he had land everywhere. Dorset is south okay. uh, coast and it's beautiful mm-hmm. all along the coastline. And he lived with his Italian wife and his two children, Caroline and David Sutton. And this was throughout the 2000s. But he and his wife separated, but they never got divorced. Okay. Probably just pure money issues and then richard (laughs) yeah yeah, and then richard met Anne shortly after that uh so he took in her two daughters and her son tom so because she didn't she didn't really have much money so uh he Mm -hmm. took them in he's got loads of room he lives in a mansion of course on the 7th of april 2021 34 year old tom schreiber was living with Anne and sir richard sutton in this two million pounds estate in Dorset, and he lived in a in an annex which was above the garage. Now you're imagining like a shitty little above the garage. It wasn't. <laughs> it was a triple garage, right? So it's just another house above the garage, yeah. basically. Um, the garage <laughs> underneath it contained an Aston Martin, and that was Richard's pride and joy. Of course, yeah, classic uh-huh. British car. <laughs> And Tom had previously asked to drive it and Richard had refused. So they don't get on incredibly well. I mean, I get that. If I I had a nice car, which I do want someday, I'd be very protective of who drove it. Especially when you hear about Tom's behavior. Like, you realize Mm, why he says you're not going near my fucking favorite car so yeah. <laughs> Tom, i don't know how much an aston martin's worth like maybe i'll google it now yeah. i wouldn't even have a clue and it's probably like a nice like one of the nicest versions you a can fucking get vintage or whatever like yeah okay so it's three hundred sixteen thousand dollars. <laughs> is like okay average yeah that's like the price of a house in the Midwest. Yeah. Very nice house prices is how much this is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he lived with them rent free. I mean, he's a millionaire. He doesn't need to ask for rent. Yeah. Which is fine. Right. So, I mean, that sounds like he's a scrounger, but like if somebody said you can live in the flat above my garage for free. Oh, yeah. You would probably do it. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Um, of course. So he also, I mean, he's pretty nice to him. So Tom was an aspiring artist. Red flag. <laughs> red flag. <laughs> so yeah. I know plenty of those. So he had, um, yeah, he had converted the snooker room in the annex into an artist studio. A snooker room. Yeah. Okay. Like a, ga- a games room. He converted that into an art studio. Yeah. I haven't seen his paintings, but I bet they're shit. Richard gave Tom an allowance per month to live off, which wow. I think from the magazine article I read was about £1,000. Okay. It was while he didn't have a job. So he was like, okay, yeah. you want to be an artist, I'll give you this for like food. You don't even need to pay rent or council tax right. or electricity or anything. That money is just to spend anything. on food and whatever you want. That's right. a pretty good deal. Art supplies, probably. Yeah. He also maybe. Yeah, he also bought him a van so that he could take his artwork to potential galleries. 
Oh, this guy is generous. Yeah. And by this point, he'd also got so fucking sick of them living, of him living there, that he gave him a <laughs> hundred grand to buy a house of his own, to get out of his Whoa, property. That's so nice. I know, right? Because there's so much tension. But Tom couldn't even be bothered to get off his fucking ass and buy a house with that money. He just whinged. He just sat there and whinged. It's because he knows if he does buy a house, he's got to then pay for gas and electric and council tax. And yeah, he has to do everything. Yeah, it's not a free ride. Like they've probably got a cleaner at that mansion. I would expect exactly. Yeah, and a chef and whatever. Someone who does the gardens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Tom doesn't want to move out of the uh, lovely studio above the garage. So basically, Tom's a bit of an ass hat. He would regularly argue with his mum and his sisters, often physically. In November 2020, Richard had to hit Tom on the back with a walking stick following a heated family row over the inheritance of a chandelier because he, like, attacked his sister. So Richard hit him over the back to, like, get him off his sister. Tom, grow up. Uh Uh-huh. You're fucking... That's what we're all thinking. 34, and you're attacking your sister. What the fuck? Yeah. So, after this, Tom began scouring the internet for articles about revenge and became consumed with hatred towards his mum and stepdad. Okay. Again, grow up. He'd also punch Richard in the face during another altercation. An 83-year-old man, and you're punching him in the face when he's letting you live in his house for free! (laughs) What? Here's a hundred grand. Thanks for the punch in the face. <laughs> yeah. Get out of my house. I don't know how. I mean, buy him an 80 grand house and then give him 20. He doesn't want to live in an 80 grand house, so he wants to live in a mansion. <laughs> anyway. What do you do with a 30-year-old child person? that Like, this is like teenager behavior. This is like 21-year-old behavior. Like, they're 21 and they're not going to uni and they won't get out. Right. And they're an artist. They're doing fine art at uni and they will not get out of my house. So... Yeah. So, on the 7th of April, 2021, it was the anniversary of Tom's father's death. So, tensions are fairly Mm. high. And he went and visited his dad's grave. He then came back to the house and he was sitting in the study with Richard, who... This is so cute was playing solitaire on his computer. It's 2020! You can see it in your mind's eye, can't you? That solitaire that you play on Windows. I mean, my grandparents do that. I used to love that game. (laughs) Everyone's done it. It's easy for older people to understand because it does look exactly like the game. Apart from the cards are all neat. So you don't have to worry. And then it shuffles it for you. So it's like they get the value of a computer. Like, there. Right. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> the value of a computer. They're like, finally, computers doing what they should do, making my life easier. <laughs> yeah. Giving me a break yeah. to have some fun. Yeah, so he's just having a gin and tonic and playing uh, solitaire on his computer. That's what Richard's doing. Aww. So, Aww. fine. Uh, so then Tom is like, I'll have a gin and tonic as well. Um, and Richard's like, sure. Mm-hmm. So they just both sat in the in the study. And then his mum comes in to the study. So they have two different versions of events. So according to Tom, his mum made a remark about how much he drank. And Mm. he was like, this is my first gin and tonic. And she's like, no, it isn't. Anyway, after a small argument, she supposedly said, you're a drunk just like your father. And it Mm. sent him into a rage and he followed his mum into the kitchen he punched her, then grabbed a oh. knife from the block and stabbed and slashed at her multiple times, including across her back, <gasps> which left her paralysed. His own mom. Yeah. But apparently she remembers the events really differently. So she doesn't remember okay. making that comment or going into the study. From what she remembers, okay. she was just in the kitchen, like making dinner, yeah. and she was in a good mood. She said... I'm standing with my back to the door when Thomas comes into the kitchen. I heard a kerfuffle 
which made me turn around. Thomas looked unusual. His eyes were quite weird. I would say almost frightening to look at because they looked terribly determined. I received some stabs Mm. from him and I remember looking at the knife in me and being surprised that it didn't hurt more. Then I believe, I may be wrong, but I believe Richard comes into the kitchen from his other living room shouting and screaming. He was definitely Mm. alive then because I did see him. I 100% believe he was alive then. I remember seeing him at least making an entrance and talking in a loud voice and then I don't know what happened to Richard. Mm. Okay, so then... So those events are remembered differently by both parties. But then, obviously, okay. his mum is on the floor, bleeding out. So she can't... Yeah. Do, she doesn't remember anything else. So then it's just Tom's pathologist's opinion about what happened next. So Tom then chased Richard upstairs, where he was pressing a security alarm, and mm. stabbed him further, plunging a knife 12 inches into his chest and killing him. Oh my gosh. So all in all, Richard had about 50 wounds. There was a a pause between the attack on Anne and Richard of about 20 minutes, which would later go against Mm. Tom, proving he couldn't have, you know, in air quotes, lost it for a full 20 minutes. Like losing it is a sort of sudden act. So after this happened, Tom fled in a four by four that was Richard's. Uh, after he had gotten changed so he wasn't covered in blood anymore so he wouldn't draw attention to himself again that's not really the acts of like a crazed man right somebody who's just like done something and couldn't control themselves yeah he's like if you can change then you are you can control your behavior you know you've done wrong you know it looks weird that you've got blood on you so he grabbed yeah. another knife from the block and his two passports because he's got a Dutch and a British passport. Mm-hmm. This is kind of confusing as well because he said, I had every intention of killing myself. Then why are you taking your passports? Yeah. I don't know that you do. Yeah. I think you'll kill yourself if you get caught. But if you manage to get to the airport mm-hmm. in time, you'll probably just leave. Yeah. Anyway, police arrive at the house um, because of the alarm that's pressed And they find Mm -hmm. Anne, who's barely breathing on the kitchen floor. And Richard was found dead on the upstairs landing with blood splashed across the wall in front of him. The police then went after Tom on what would become a 135 mile per hour chase from Wiltshire to London, which is fucking long way. Is it? How long is that? Well, Wiltshire's not next to London. You have to go through uh, Mm. somewhere else, I believe. Like... I'll have to have a look on a map. In fact, I can't be bothered. Someone else look, but... (laughs) (laughs) Is it like an over an hour journey? Probably, right? Well, the house to London is two and a half hours. Your house? Uh, If I drove from my house to London, it would be about two hours. But Dorset is even Mm. further away. And that's where the mansion was. Mm. So about two and a half, three hours. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking long drive. Well, in England, that's a long drive. And stressful. And when you're going 135 miles an hour, maybe not. Yeah. Also, the road to London is always rammed, so he must have been, like, winding in and out of people, like, just driving on the hard shoulder. <laughs> Can I tell you... Okay, I I have a completely tangent story I'm to tell you. I'm for it. So, you know how... <laughs> you know how I was listening to 911 calls to, like, make myself feel better? Yeah. There was this, there's this 911 call on YouTube and it's this woman in, I don't, it was somewhere in the Midwest in America and she was in her car and it's like a newer car. So it's like a press button, like mm-hmm. rather than using your key yeah. to start it, yeah. like there are more buttons and something had happened to her car where the gas was just being like, like she couldn't slow down the car. Oh fuck. That was her problem. She couldn't she couldn't turn off the car, she couldn't turn off the ignition and it was just speeding up and up and up and up no. and she was going at yeah, and she was on the freeway and she was driving through like I think it was like Kansas or something like that. And so first she called her husband and she was like my husband's a car guy, he does it, he knows everything about cars. <laughs> He he couldn't help her. He couldn't 
tell like he tried to get her to do absolutely everything oh and she, like nothing was working she couldn't change the gears she couldn't turn it into neutral nothing yeah. so then she called 911 and she's on the she's talking to 911 and she's like my car's at 80 miles per hour i can't slow it down and throughout the call this like 20 minute call or maybe it was 40 minutes i didn't listen to the whole thing but like <laughs> it's it gets to like 135 miles an hour and she's <gasps> speeding and she's like weaving through like huge trucks oh and cars and eventually the police like flank her there's like one in front of her there's one on the side of her and there's one behind her and they're all trying to like they're all on the phone like trying to tell her like try this try this and she's like it's not working it's not working one of the police cars gets into a ditch because they're going so fast yeah i mean i'm thinking like are you gonna are you gonna put out like um what like a strip of nails to like fuck up her wheels but then even then like that's not gonna slow you down you just be driving with shitty wheels yeah right and then you're just like that you could flip your car you could like if you go over something or if your car if your wheel hits something i'm flummoxed flip your car you died yeah i don't know what to say i don't know how to help it gave (laughs) it gave me a new fear like brilliant i i don't want (laughs) to don't want to buy a new car now what if the button won't turn off (laughs) and the the thing on top of all of this was she's calling 911 she's like i can't slow down my car and right before she had gotten on the freeway she had just filled up her car with gas oh great so (laughs) yeah so she was on a full tank of gas and that's (laughs) ever throughout the whole call like anytime someone knew came onto the call they're like how much gas does she have left oh shit because that would have been the only thing that would have slowed her down rachel this story better have an end (laughs) (laughs) uh eventually she uh, oh yeah the other thing was so she had her bag with the uh i think it was like a key or it was like a fob or something like that it was in the seat behind her so she couldn't reach behind her and get it yeah no (laughs) i think Eventually, she was able to get her bag. I'm not 100% sure because I kind of had to... It was stressful to listen to. I kind of had to skip to the end. But eventually, she was able to, like, press something and then move a gear at the same time and something like that where uh, she was able to slow the car down by herself. But whoa look it up on youtube if you want if you want a wild ride to listen I to haven't for got about the minerals today 15 minutes. <laughs> but that's what that just reminded me of your car chase in your story oh. like imagine not being able to slow down your car and you're driving through america also i've never driven at 135 miles in my life the fastest really? i've ever driven is 100 miles an hour i think Mm. And that was in like a shit yeah, car. Yeah, it's scary. When I was like, and the car yeah. was like going like about to explode. <laughs> I was like, how how fast can we yeah. go? When I was an idiot, you know, and I was like in my like twenties. Yeah, right. Yeah. So basically, they managed to force him to stop. I think again, it was one of those things where they flanked him with cars and like mm. just trapped him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. He got out of the car and then he started to stab himself. Oh. But with the knife he had taken with him? Yeah. What? Yeah, he took a knife he took a knife with him from home, like another knife from the block in the kitchen. Oh. But then police just okay. fucking tasered him. <laughs> so he just fell on the floor. <laughs> we always so talk stupid. about how undignified tasers are, don't we? <laughs> oh, so undignified. Yeah. And then he was carried away on a stretcher. But his wounds were completely superficial and he survived. Mm. So he was not stabbing himself yeah, very hard. Of course. Obviously. Yeah. Um, so on the 9th of December at Winchester Crown Court. So just for a little fact here, Winchester is in Hampshire. I was born there. Mm-hmm. I was born in Winchester oh. Hospital. Oh. And also I went to university in Winchester. So. Right down the street, I'm sure. The court. It is a stunning historical town, Rachel. It is beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's where he was. And he tried to deny murder, but confessed to manslaughter. 
and he also denied that he intended to kill his mother. Okay. Which sounds like bollocks. So manslaughter, was he saying that it was self-defense like what he's basically saying i lost i lost it and i punched her and i stabbed her a bit and i wasn't trying to kill her (laughs) a bit yeah yeah but obviously with his uh stepdad he cannot deny that standing above someone and stabbing them in the chest 50 times or stabbing them 50 times isn't intentionally trying to kill them he obviously was trying to intentionally kill him Okay. The trial lasted for 14 days. Schreiber claimed that he picked up the knife and when he heard a voice, then, sorry, he heard a voice in his head saying, attack, attack, after he completely mm. lost it. However... I don't believe that. I don't believe it either. You've been a dick for years. However, the jury heard in March 2021 that, so obviously the attacks happened in on the 7th of April, so the month before... Mm-hmm. He wrote to his best friend, James Reed, saying, Simply put, I contemplate murdering them all morning, day and night. It's not what I want to think about, but it's the truth. I want them to suffer. He added, I think and strategize every single day about how to best murder my mother and co. Wow. That's how bad my mind is at. He also told... You're James. You're James yeah. receiving this letter. You're like, go to therapy. Okay, dude. Go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> go to therapy. Immediately. Um, well, yeah. I guess like people say like, oh my God, I just want to kill them a lot. Mm. And you don't go, oh. Yeah, but if you. But yeah, that's a bit more than that. To go into depth of like, I seriously think about this every day. How can I k- kill my own mom? Yeah. What? Yeah. That's, yeah. Go to therapy. Move out. So you've got a hundred grand, you little shit. Yeah. How grateful. (laughs) He also told his friend Fedor, the short story is my mum is a gold digging, they've blocked this, they've blocked this out, but I can figure out what they're trying to say. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Says, I'm a woman of the world. It says, my mum is a gold digging fucking bitch. She is a selfish, manipulative, toxic gold digging bitch. Sounds, mm. No one sounds more gold digging than you. I was just going to say that. Yeah. He said, we moved here 17 years ago. This huge, this is the most um, hypocritical part of it all. We, yeah. we moved here 17 years ago. This huge house with her partner. She's only there to cook for him and take his money. He's a multi, multi-millionaire. He's never had to work a day in his life. He inherited everything. All property, all land basically around the world. He's an absolute cunt. Look at your own life. Get a bro. job, then start pointing fingers. Get a jo- yeah. Um, he also added, he's horribly racist, horribly backwards, horribly old-fashioned, horribly English. I don't have a good word to say about him, and frankly, I can't stand him. And move out. He's giving you a hundred grand, mate. Piss off. Yeah. If you don't like him, move. <laughs> also, he might be. In your opinion, horribly racist, horribly backwards, horribly old-fashioned, horribly English. He didn't murder you. Like, you're a murderer. (laughs) Right. I don't know. Does that make you worse than him? Or I don't know. Also, that's hearsay and you definitely did murder him. So, kind of not really fair. Um, On the 17th of December 2021, a jury dismissed the defence that Tom was suffering from a mental disorder, which meant that he was not in control at the time of the murders. After four hours and 18 minutes of deliberating, the jury came back and said they couldn't come to a unanimous verdict. So they were asked to Mm. go away and come back with a majority verdict, which they did just 33 minutes later. So they found Tom guilty of the murder of Sir Richard and the attempted murder of his mother by 11 to 1. So there was obviously one person Mm. holding out just to be a cock, obviously, because he's obviously guilty. What are you thinking? What? It must be somebody who relates to this guy. I mean, we've all wanted to murder our mum and stepdad, sure. <laughs> so it was probably another starving artist. Exactly. Like, I feel the pain. Uh-huh. I get it. I'm just so creative. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. Judge Neil Garnham QC told Tom, the only sentence I can 
I can possibly give is one of life imprisonment. However, I have to set a minimum term and also sentence you for attempted murder also. Mm. Anne Schreiber, his his mum, the only living witness to the attack, which left her paralysed and suffering from a poor memory, said she that she was so badly injured that she remained in hospital for eight months after the attack and she's wow. unlikely to ever walk again. She wow. no longer talks to her son, but he is said to ask his sisters how she is when they talk to him. Mm. So this last bit, Tom was sentenced to life with a minimum of 36 years, which is long wow. in England. Yeah. People don't usually get that long. They get 25. No. 25 is the standard. Yeah. But I guess he had attempted okay. on top. Yeah. Yeah. He will not be eligible for parole until December 2057. And that is the story wow. of the murder of Sir Robert Sutton and the attempted murder of Anne Schreiber. Sir Richard Sutton, right? Sorry, yeah, Sir Richard Sutton. That is his name. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. What a wild ride. I know, right? Also, yeah. I would kill for all the stuff. Well, not li- uh, that's a bad choice of words, but like <laughs> <laughs> all the stuff he had. All the free stuff. He had everything. And it wasn't enough. I totally understand his, he, you know, he probably, he moved in when he was, he had an alcoholic dad. He's the same age as, almost the same, he's a year older than me. Yeah. So in 2013, that was almost 10 years ago. So uh, like 24-ish. Well, you're not but a then child. Also like, like, right. Yeah. Exactly. But you know dealing with like an alcoholic dad all that kind of stuff i get it but then it sounds like his sisters turned out okay so yeah come on dude the only answer here is get therapy go to therapy you have the money for it he really does have the money and if he doesn't have the money fucking richard's got the money (laughs) exactly richard will throw any money at this to make you go away or be normal (laughs) he's not even chucking him out He's yeah. like he's got every right to say get the fuck out of my house. He's doing everything like in a reasonable way. Like here, I'll buy you a house. He obviously I'll, loved his mom. You can convert the room to the your art studio. Like do whatever you need to do. He bought him a van so we could take his artwork to potential galleries. Like he's not even saying get a real fucking job. He's saying if yeah. art's what you want to do, okay, let's do it. Like that's really sweet. Yeah, it is. I wouldn't put up with that. He's he tried. <laughs> I'd be like, get a proper job, you fucking leech. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, okay. Oh, by the way, listeners, I'll be in Ireland next week if we have any Irish listeners. Yes. So give us a shout. Um, And Talissa and I will be on the same time zone as well. Oh, I love it when that happens. Wow. Such a treat. (laughs) Okay. It is. All right, then. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Transatlantic Crime this week. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at TransatCrimePod, Instagram at Transatlantic Crime, and on Facebook with Transatlantic Crime Podcast. Thanks, bye.